Jeff Ogilvy survives Wingfoot. Now the moment Aaron Badley has waited. Curry Webb is the five-time Australian Open champion. And it's set by one of the best in golf, Peter Thompson. Standing in front of a crowd like this today and win the PGA Championship is pretty special. He's done it at last. Greg Norman. Shot Gets his name on the Stonehaven Cup. Leash been to 11 under. Now we've got a new leader, kids. Here is Adam Scott. A life changer. Coming up next, you have unrestricted access to golf across Australia and the world. Thanks to Golf Australia, we're going inside the ropes. Subscribe now on iTunes or your favourite podcast app or head to golf.org.au. G'day everybody, welcome to Inside the Ropes. We wrap up day three here of the 2019 Australian Open from the Australian Golf Club, the day where the Australian bit back. Mark Hayes and Mike Clayton, who's must be feeling the pinch, Clayton, a man of your age, carrying the bag and out there and commentating and doing the extra yards on the podcast. You are a man of inexhaustible energy, my friend. Yeah, well, the bag gets heavier when you're man shooting 75. <laughs> Put that microphone. Why do we always have a microphone issue with there? You go. Um, we, we'll talk about him on the way through, but we can't lead the podcast with uh, Elvis today as much as we're invested in the Elvis Smiley story. Um, and again, before we individualise on the players and where the tournament sat, it was a lot more difficult day three conditions-wise than the first two. Is that a fair comment? Well, it wasn't that difficult, I didn't think. No, but more difficult than the well, opening two days. Well, it was, but not no, not significant. I mean, we've had some bad days here. Yeah, but it wasn't a classic. Yeah, it wasn't an all-time bad classic, day. It wasn't a classic Sydney-Melbourne bad, windy day. The wind kind of swirled around. We played three into the wind and then four into the wind, going completely the opposite direction. Mm. So it was swirling around. But that, that in itself doesn't. You've just got to be on the ball a little bit. But. Was it confusing? Well, it was confusing. Yeah, it was confusing, but it wasn't ultra difficult, yeah. I didn't think. Well, the boat comes out and shoots 64. Well, yeah, there were plenty post, of... post the score, went out in the fourth round of the day. I don't, we should have taken note. I don't know whether you had a snapshot of the scoreboard at the start of the day, but there must have been how many players in front of Jamie Arnold before... Yeah, well, before we got here this morning. Hello, Andy. Um, hello, oh, hello, Hazy. Haven't we said hello to you? No, yet? you haven't said hello oh, to me. Geez, we've been talking to you all day. That's true. So he, he started on the mark. He was on the cut line. He one was, under. He was. He was at one under. He was in group four this morning. So he was the twelfth, uh, the eleventh person to hit. So off fifty. Today. How many? How many players were in the field today? Uh, there were seventy-one in the Australian so fifty-nine Open. players in front. No, sixty. Seventy. Sixty-one players in front of him. Well, there was. It was. There were. A, a group of players at one under, and there were some who hit oh, off it, still like part of it. But he, he basically had the best part of 55 players in front of him, yeah. And now... I think we were talking about this on five. Australian Open Radio a little while ago. I asked Clates what the fewest number of putts he had in a round of golf, and the answer came... Uh, probably 23, probably 24. 23, 23, 24. Did you know today, Andy, that Jamie Arnold had 20, 20 putts? Yeah, I did. What's the tour? The tour record's 19, I think, Is on it? the PGA Tour, yeah. I mean, admittedly, as Clates said on the radio program, there's probably a lot from the fringe that don't technically count, but I don't care. That's an amazing no, figure. The number's yeah. the number, isn't it? You know? um, and the, the challenge is to Jamie Arnold, can he do it on day four again? You need to back up and shoot a pair of 64s because the big story, Andy as we're probably getting to, is that Matt Jones has put a bit of a gap in the field, to be honest. 
Um, at one point during the middle stages of the third round today, you could have thrown a tissue over about 20 blokes. Yep. Uh, as it stands, Matt Jones played a superb back nine, despite some issues on the 17th fairway. Uh, carded 32, 4 under 32 on the back, which proves Clate's points that it wasn't that hard out there at the end of play today. Uh, 68 in total, and he was the best of all the leaders bar Jamie Arnold. Uh, and he's kicked clear. He's three clear of Cameron Tringali. He's four clear of Takumi Kanaya and arguably his biggest threat, Louis Oosthuizen. And Paul Casey is also on that figure with a birdie on the last. So Jamie Arnold's on the next line. Now T6 with so, your man. And I, I, we need to get extra gigabytes, Andy, because we want to put a highlights package together and we're going to need extra space because the highlights package will take in the different pronunciations <laughs> of the word Iremaya. Iremaya. I reckon I gave it seven oh, different... Oh, now I've stuffed it up. No, you stuffed Iremia. it up. I've, I went Iremia. with Iremaya. No, it's Iremaya. And then I went with Iremaya at one stage. <laughs> Iremaya I went with. You went with I at one stage. I, went for, I, I had to stop because <laughs> I knew it wasn't I, so I just stopped before I got to the second Ire, half of it. Iremaya. I walked up to him on the seventh tee in a complete state of embarrassment. I had to, I had to apologise profusely, but he had a delay, so it wasn't too uh, bad. Uh, I said, mate, I'm really sorry, but we're, we're butchering your name. And he just smiled, which was great. And he just said, Iremaya. Has it... I'm going to put to you, because you're the font of all things, not since Bob Stanton <laughs> has there been a bigger bolter in an Australian Open than this kid, who's, got, who's this, at this pointy end of the leaderboard going into the final round. Uh, he, he played a tournament, his pro tournament record, he played his first in 2015 as an amateur, then hadn't been seen again for four years in events of so his... where's he been? Well, he must have been playing, he's been playing amateur events. He's gone back and played amateur events for four years. And in 2019, he's played nine pro events, a couple of pro-ams, a couple yeah. of state opens, that sort of stuff. And Bob's up here playing his 11th tournament. I put to you that, that he is in the all-star list of Australian Open bolters. Had you ever heard of him coming here? No. no. Ruffies. You should call Huggy. Bolted from nowhere. <laughs> yep. We're talking about Bob, the bloke from 87 who was, I think he might have got his nose in a Bob Wood. Ronnie Wood. Ronnie Wood. Ronnie he was Wood. second at one stage yeah, in that. A, he was, yeah, in 87. Isn't he in the Rolling Stones? Yeah, well, there is one of those. Oh, this bloke, the, the, Ronnie Wood, 87 Australian Open at Royal Melbourne. Yeah. When Sandy Lyle led the walk-off. You were playing that year. I was playing that year. And Bob Stanton in 82 at Royal Melbourne 84. again? 84, was yeah. it, when uh, Tommy Watson won? Tommy Watson won, yep. Bob Stanton, no one had ever even heard. Bob Stanton had been off the scene for about he 15 had. years. Bob Stanton won... The Dunlop International around this course, the old course here. In 1966, he was 19. He beat Arnold Palmer, who was the best player in the world. Well, he was the second best player in the world. And then he went to America. He made the top 60 as a 21-year-old when it was top 60 exempt. He was, a great, he was Greg Norman before Greg Norman. This is Roy Hobbs type stuff oh, in the natural. So Bob was an amazing player. Was there? A, did he meet a girl? Yeah, who shot a him few, and I think. Well, one girl with a bullet lodged in his hip. Yeah, or something, I think he you know? met a couple of girls, and you know, and he liked fishing, and you know, he was just Bob was the coolest guy ever. A beautiful moustache, great action, yeah, lovely moustache, good player. And he turned up in '84 and like missed it. He came back to play, missed the cut three or four weeks in a row. Then. He, Went at the last day at Royal Melbourne and shot 67. And Watson had that putt down the staircase at the 18th that he two-putted to beat him by a shot. Was it only a shot in the end? Beat him by a shot. Gee whiz. Encyclopedia Claytonica. No, no, no. no. You, you know what? You can confidently throw anything at him. One of these days we'll get him. But no, he's, he's yeah, Maybe not in our lifetime. He's yeah. bulletproof, Clayton. So is it... 
Well, I remember because Finchie and I were in the... Finchie was in the last group. I was in the second last group, and we both shot 76. So he beat yeah. us both easily. Easily. In 84. Yeah. It was yeah. bouncy. It was not as bouncy no. dry, no, wasn't it? No, it wasn't impossible. No, no, no it, it wasn't was, impossible, but it was... It was ba- well, Royal Mum was always yeah. bouncy. Yeah. Well, it was before they had the sprinkler system. Before there was no sprinkler system. Remember how white there and how no yellow it used to look? There was no sprinkler system at Royal Yes, yeah. so it was a nightmare to get yardages. Yeah. Yeah. It was such a different looking golf. Yeah. It just looked it was a different colour yeah. golf course yeah, back in those days. Brown. I can't imagine it was straw, straw colour. I can't imagine an elite course without a sprinkler system. Yeah, that's yeah, a long I time. Didn't have one. Eighty four, no sprinkler system. So, so there was a nightmare to get yardages because there weren't really any trees. It was all tea tree and scrub. It was just a. There's a long story that we won't go into about Tom Watson having the wrong yardage for the last three days at the eighteenth hole. But why don't we go into that? Well, I what's a we great can go that. I played with Tom Watson the first two days. And a guy called Paul Stevens was coming from the singing foot. Is known, what is known as what? The singing foot. The singing foot. Yeah, don't ask me why. <laughs> but Jesus. on the 14th hole, the first day, he couldn't find the yardage. And he asked my caddy who gave him the right yardage. And then I think it happened again. Then on the second day, we drove it up the 18th fairway. And he was, Tom was two feet behind my ball. And I, I said to Craig, my caddy, what club do you think it is? And he said, it's a five iron. I looked at him, Watson's about, what's that, a four iron? I, I said, he's got a four iron. He said, yeah, he's got the wrong yardage. So the caddy had asked Craig what the yardage was, and he was tired of it. He'd already given him twice he'd already asked him. And so he gave him a number 13 yards out. He told him that there was a <laughs> – they went from a flag. The flag lined up with the corner of the sponsor's tent. <laughs> And he told me it was 163 when it was 150. So Watson pulls out this four iron. He comes out and he hooks it. So it was going to go long anyway. I went up in the scorer's tent. Okay, so he just chips down, makes bogey. So that... Oh, I said to him, I said, you can't. That's Tom Watson. He said, you can't do that. I said, you're trying to bet him, aren't you? I said, well, I suppose I am. <laughs> so anyway, so the second, the third day, he hits a seven iron. And it goes up over the back of the green again. So on Sunday morning, Paul Stevens comes to Craig and he said, what's the yardage on the 18th hole? And he said, 163 from the flag in the corner of the 10. And he said, that's what I've got, it's fine. So Watson, so it was 13 yards different. From yeah, yeah, yeah. From 40. Yep. So Watson comes to the last hole. The guy's the best wedge player in the world at the time. 1984, he's the best player because he'd just beaten Watson in the open. But Watson's the next best player. And he's got a wedge in. And he's the best wedge player in the world. Where does he hit it? He paced that putt off that he had back down the green. 13 yard paces off. <laughs> that is fantastic. That is one of the great stories. Have you told Tom Watson this subsequently? I have. He wasn't happy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he'd laugh. He didn't find it. Anyway. Uh, there's, oh there's a bloke who we've hardly spoken about in this tournament. I, I wonder. Uh, I think the answer is no, so, so I'll ask the question just to kickstart the conversation. But Mark Leishman, seven under the card. Feels like he hasn't even really got going yet. He's six back. Can we see, can we see Mark? I think Mark Leishman really, I mean, clearly, he really wants, he really wants to win an Australian Open. There's, He'll be unfulfilled if he doesn't win an Australian if Open. If Jeremy is a, you know, unknown, Leishman is the complete stealth bomber here because he's a completely under the radar. Yep. Uh, if we didn't know who he was, we wouldn't have rated him at all. Today, he went out and he bogeyed the third and he bogeyed the seventh and he bogeyed the tenth. And it's just, 
you know, nothing special going on, but he's bobbed up with a third consecutive subpar round, finds himself only six from the lead. A lot depends tomorrow on what Matt Jones does. Are we playing in twos or threes tomorrow? I would imagine we're playing in threes still, uh, based largely on the 71 who made the cut and the 12 who are playing the Australian All Abilities Championship. So, so he's going to play with, he'll be playing with Eremia, Pike and Pike. Is that, is that well, how it works? According to... The According to the board in front of us, but it's unofficial right yeah, now. Right. That's not how they do that's, the draw. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. I mean, it's in, he's good enough to reel that in, isn't he? I mean, he's good enough to go out. So he'll be playing two or three groups in front of Matt Jones, maybe four groups, however, whatever. That, that'll suit him down to the ground, won't it? I mean, his game plan will be get out, get under the card early, eat into the lead, have everyone start talking about him. He be the big, you know, the big sort of shadow that starts to sort of engulf the leaderboard. The only problem with that, Andy, because the great theory is that it's really hard to start carving up the leaderboard on the first, second, third, yeah, fourth round here. Yeah, that is true. But if you're going to win when you're six back, you're going to have to start somewhere. That's sometimes, true. sometimes you can cover the leaderboard with four pars. Yeah, that's a good point too. Yeah. And, and, and it's, which goes to what I said a minute ago, that a lot is on Matt Jones here. Well, just, you know, the first hole's a, it's a driving a nine iron. Not that hard. Three's a <laughs> driving a pitch. So there are and, and five's gettable. So there are three, there are three birdieable holes in the first. Well, there are four in the first. There are five in the first seven. Yeah, but they tend not to be. I know yeah. you're right in theory, but they tend not to be in the second. But, but if you can get a run going, hard. if you can get a decent pitch shots into five, six, and seven, you can bury those holes. Yeah, and you can bury three with a decent. If you can, when Elvis hit, probably not enough club off the third, so you, you leave yourself back 130 <laughs> yards. Leishman was the group behind us, though. So he was way down there. He had, he had 90 yards in there. So you can bury the third. Yeah. Decent pitch shot. Yep. No, I agree. But tomorrow they'll see the back right pin, which will be interesting there. It's always uh, it's fraught with danger, that back right pin. It, it doesn't look approachable from the middle of the fairway even, but uh, someone will stick it in the water and blow up. It's a certainty. It's a living certainty, Andy. Always happens yeah, every time does. we come here. No doubt. No doubt. Um, Quick words on, I'll, I'll, I'll mention the names. You guys do your little um, snapshots. To, I'll just mention the name. Takumi Kanaya. Great gutsy fight today after a very lacklustre double bogey on the fourth. Could have put him out of the picture, but he fought back with one, two, three, four birdies, including an eagle try that just missed on the last uh, for 70. So three consecutive, again, three consecutive subpar rounds. Uh, he's He's... He's remarkable talent, this man. He's got a crazy swing compared to the, uh, the the factory production units we see so often these days, and he's full of heart. We love him. Should turn pro. He's costing himself a lot of money. Who's next? <laughs> I'll give you top three. I'm going to throw two together. Uh, Blake Windred and Shay Wolves-Cobb, both at seven under the card. So I walked a little bit today uh, around Shay Wolves-Cobb's group. He was playing with Takumi Kanaya and Kevin Yu. And he's caddy Chris Crabtree, who came through the QAS system with him, basically said he didn't have any feel for the wind out here at all. He's just battling around and making pass. In the end, he got a couple of birdies and a couple of bogeys. I don't think... I love Shay. He's a great bloke and he's a really streaky putter, but I don't think he's the one to run down Matty Jones. You do these two, Clates, because you would have played... I imagine you played against them at some stage. Maybe... I'm sure your careers would have crossed over. Brett, do you, do you play against Rumford and Green? Yeah, a little bit, yep. They're good stories, I reckon. Rumford, it's coming off the wrist. Greeny's sort of pulled himself back into... Greeny's you know, at 68. Yeah. Wow. So he's had two really good rounds, six under Pretty the card. Good. So that's... They're, they're good stories, aren't they, for those two yeah, blokes? Yeah, they are. 
Yeah, I mean, Rummy's, when I mean, they both lost their cars in Europe, so they're both kind of in the too young to be senior players and too old to be mm. really competitive tour players. So, Andy, I want to put the heat back on you and get your opinion on, on someone on that leaderboard. Yeah, right. we, yep. you've sought ours. We're going to seek, seek yours now. Oh, okay. Dimi Papadatas, I put it to you, had two of the more extraordinary turns of events today yep. that you'll ever see yep. in the third round when you've got a share of the lead. Yep. So what happened on nine? It bounced off someone's head or something into the water, and in order it hit yeah. someone and lamp went into the water. And twelve, I don't, I still don't believe that ball's up in that tree on twelve. I don't know how that ball. Could, did you see what happened to him no, on twelve? No. You know, you know the you know the pine trees down the right on twelve on the yeah. on the yeah. outside of right of the bunkers. Apparently got stuck up in one of those trees on the left or the right. The right, because right. Matt Goggin hit up a tree on the left the first day. That's different because there's a they're much thicker they're, they're in there thi on the left. Those trees on the right, they are sparse. I do not believe yeah. a ball coming in at that velocity. It's not like it was a high. That's coming in hard off the tee. Benny Everill gave us some great insight into that from Gary Barter on the on yeah, AO radio. Yeah. Barter said, "How long? How many? How many times has Gary Barter walked past those trees and seen balls get in it? On you reckon here, a thousand times. Yeah. Never yeah. seen a ball get stuck yeah. up there ever. So the balls hit the tree hard. They heard the clatter." The, the patrons. I never saw it. The, no the one, patrons. The patrons. The gallery. The, the gallery. Crowd. The crowd. The, mo the, the, mob, the, is, mob. the mob is Jack the Whitaker. Rabble. The rabble. The mob is Jack Whitaker once called the crowd at Augusta. That was it. You're out. <laughs> You're out. You're out. <laughs> you can never be seen again. <laughs> it hit the tree hard, and that was the last. Well, no one saw it thereafter. So the assumption was that it got stuck up there. So that he's stiff. Unbelievable. He's dead set stiff. It's because there's a there's an acre to the left of those trees and there's two acres to the right oh, of those yeah, trees. Oh yeah, yeah. And even if it drops straight down, you can sort of bunt one around the corner and you're not going to do anything worse than five. But so he's had a hell of a time, the poor bugger. Um, Tringali's the last one we should talk about. We haven't spent much on his standalone second. That he's had he shot seventy, he's sixty nine today. That that could have easily been seventy three today, I reckon. Yep, he was could have easily been seventy three. He, he he hung it together early. Yeah, um, that's why he's a good player. He I saw a list today of. Players who've played the most number of PGA Tour events in the last X number of years. He he was up there. He played like 275, so however, however many years that is. But um, he's, played, he's, he's played 10 years. He's played a lot. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's making he's a pretty good fist of his prolific first crack at player of PGA Open. Tour events. Yeah. He makes a lot of cuts. Uh, well, let's run down the leaderboard properly. Yeah, you do that. Last time. Matt Jones, 13 under. Cameron Tringali, 10 under. Takumi Kanaya, 9 under. Louis Uste is a 9 under. Paul Casey at 9 under. Two at 8 under are Jamie Arnold and Denzel Iremia. Aaron Pike, Mark Leishman, Blake Windred, Brett Rumford and Shea Wolves-Cobb all at 7 under the card. If we're being generous in terms of contenders, Richard Green, Jason Scrivener, David Branston are all at six under, and the last one of that bat of that bunch at all, if, if any chance realistically, is Dimi Papadados at five under the card, sixteenth alone, eight shots behind Matty Jones, who has Andy led twice. Oh, yes. Into the final round yep. of a US PGA Tour event after fifty-four holes, and what's that? What do you think's happened? I think he's zero two. That's my guess. He's 0-2, correct. Can you just mention, I know we keep doing this, we can do this all night, but I promise I won't ask you about one more. The old bloke down here. KJ Choi, yeah. Tied for 17th. <laughs> Should be on the champions. So how old is KJ? 71. How old is he? No, 71? 71. No, he's not. He's 54. <laughs> no, he must be. Well, if he was, he'd be on the champions too. Well, I'll tell you how old he is. He you should know that. You know everything. He doesn't look any different now that he did. Ten years ago, that's for sure. No, I'm gonna while you guys are searching that and come back and talk. I'll run down the leaderboard of the Australian All Abilities oh, Championship yeah, okay, yeah. presented I'll by tell you what, I've Best got Ender. it. Before he's 49. 49. Well, he's going. 1970 is born. Yeah. Born in Wando Gun, South Korea. He's, he's married to Hun Jung Kim. 
They got married in 1995. <laughs> he was a weightlifter <laughs> at school. He's right? been in a movie called Seven Days in Utopia. He was a weightlifter at school, and they said, you're going to learn golf. They gave him Jack Nicholas's book, took him out of school, took, took his, he and two, three or four other guys out of the class at school. You're going to learn how to play golf. Is that right? Yep, became a golfer. There you go. The stuff we're learning today, Andy, <laughs> it's unbelievable. ISPS is presenting the Australian All Abilities Championship this week. A big move today from Brendan Lawler. He started badly in the first round yesterday, carded a magnificent 76 today, and he's pushed through to the lead. The uh, the Irishman who turned pro this year, uh, fantastic scoring. He's 13 over par. He's nabbed the lead from Chad Pfeiffer of the United States by one. Another two shots back to Curtis Barkley and the leading Australian Stephen Pryor. Barkley, of course, from Canada. Uh, Pryor and Barkley at 16. Johan Kamerstad, the defending champion, at 17. Adam Wabi, the uh, the Belgian. I'm going to call him a heartthrob, Andy. <laughs> Belgian heartthrob at 18 <laughs> over the card. Then there's a bit of a gap back to Mike Brown at 21. Kenny Bonds at 23. Shane Luke Bons. and Cameron Pollard at 28 and 30, respectively. Daphne Van Houten at 31 over. And unfortunately today, Andy, we saw the withdrawal of Jeff Nicholas, the local yeah. hero and great ambassador for the uh, All Abilities Championship. Uh, he withdrew with an injured leg in the hopes that he'll be ready to play the ISPS handed disabled cup at the President's Cup next week. Keep our fingers crossed. Hopefully next year, Kenny Bonser's great mate, Harry Noggin, will be in the field as well. <laughs> <laughs> You've been working on that, haven't you? I'm just going to. I've, on, I've I, got one more thing to yeah, ask you, about, so, And I have too. Because you both talked about it. We, we talked about it during the... And you talked about it late, but we haven't spoken about it on the podcast, this so we should... It's Patrick Root. Well, we, and we're obliged to do we this. Have, we have to, for the posterity of this podcast you two whoever wants to go first give me a takeaway from what we saw from Patrick Reed in the Bahamas today I need to but don't close this is a so, so let's tell people what happened if they didn't sure. see it where have you been if you haven't seen it and you're listening to a golf podcast in an event that I refuse to name in the Bahamas his ball was in the sand and he put a wedge down behind and he drew it back and he moved sand and he played his practice then swing he, forward. Then he drew it back again. He did it yeah. twice. <laughs> I'm getting to that. He drew his club back, moved it on an inside plane, just pretending he's having a practice swing. He put it back in the identical location. He moved a heap more sand and played inside the line again for another practice swing. He was later assessed a two-shot <laughs> penalty uh, under sufferance probably. Oh. Um, I Before Clates goes here, in AO Radio, you put it to uh, John Huggan. Andy, yes, that uh, you know it wasn't well. Huggy, Huggy basically advocated for him, and I don't know if Huggy personally agrees, but he, he put the case that you can only prove an intention, and we don't know what his intention was. That's Huggy's defence. That's the that is the reality though. Like, but only he knows. Yeah, Clates, yeah. I I am predicting that you have a stronger opinion than that. Well, I think you. Everyone knows the. Number one basic rule of golf is you play the ball as it lies and you don't improve the lie. And if you're a golf pro and you do what he did, you can't feign ignorance or I didn't know the rule. You're improving your lie. So you're clearly breaking the rule. It's not a, an obscure rule. It's a fundamental tenet of golf that you don't improve your lie. So he gets cut no slack for that. And, he, and then the fellow players, they never, they never unsee that. Uh. They never unsee it. To check it history, Andy. Some of it's unwarranted, probably. Some of it's probably warranted. Yeah. I'm still filthy on him, Clayton. I, you made a great point earlier on about what might confront him at Royal Melbourne next week. Well, here's my... I'm going to put this hat on. Yeah. I'm a marketing... I'm the marketing guru for the President's Cup. Yep. And I'm... I don't... I don't who's, Channel 9 have got the coverage, right? Yep. 
Go your go hell for leather. If I'm the Channel Nine promo director now, I'm cutting promos of Patrick Reed as public enemy number one. I've got Patrick Reed wearing a black hat. I've got Patrick get out to Royal Melbourne and boo the crap out of him. If I'm Adam Scott, I am encouraging every journo around the joint to write this story up. Uh, this is something artificial is going to be needed to upset the, the team balance of the Americans, make them not want to necessarily share a change room with this bloke. The chakras. We need to upset the chakras. What is this? Why Mr. are you playing? Mr. Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> Put that in your microphone. <laughs> That's, that is Mike Clayton doing some ad-lib production here on Inside the Ropes. <laughs> That's great. Right, that's enough. Sandman. That is magnificent. So I'm taking the positive here. I'm saying it's a great. Oh. It's a great. He, he's he asks for trouble, and you know what he can live with himself. And, but and there's a whole heap of Australians and international fans more than capable of giving it to him. Oh, I think yeah. it's time we took this to another level. Yeah, let's I'm still filthy on him, Andy. I'm still filthy let's on him. Let's disgrace ourselves as a nation. Yeah, let's. let's. <laughs> But I'm still filthy on him. He, he shafted the Australian PGA. Oh, it's a good point. That was a tournament in Perth, wasn't it? The tournament. The, uh, the sixes, the, yeah. the first sixes yeah, in Perth. Terrible. He was on the poster and he pulled out uh, at the cold. last minute. Had a cold. He had a, he had a, a sore finger and said, oh. I couldn't. He got a doctor's certificate to say. Uh, and then he Patrick played the next week in America. No, That's no, right. No, no, well, he, he played no, the week he, before, he, didn't no, he? No, no, no. He played the week of the tournament that he pulled out of in Australia elsewhere. That just, same week, was it? Same week. Oh, that's yeah, and he was on the poster of the tournament in Perth. <laughs> what a the joke. PGA of Australia got absolutely <laughs> dudded. We all did as Australian golf fans. Um, so I don't think we need to say too much more about that. Add inside the ropes if you want to share your views. That's it. We're done. Uh, one round to go. Uh, we can't wait. It's always a great day, the Sunday of the Australian Open. Matty Jones, it's his tournament to lose. Two-time Australian Open champion, Matt Jones. Oh, that sounds pretty good. Got a nice it? ring about it, hasn't it? Winning wins both of them here at the most played-at course in Australian Open history, the Australian Golf Club. By how, by how many Open? Six or seven, I reckon. More than anyone else. Royal Melbourne, number two, I reckon. I think it'll be 20. I haven't got the exact numbers in front of me, but I reckon it's 22 or 23 v 16 or 17. This, something is, 20, like this is 21. 21, yeah. is it? Okay, yeah. right. Um, good I, fun. I just want to hear... If we can get tomorrow on AO Radio, Denzel Iremia down to a <laughs> minimum of eight or nine different pronunciations. Let's, That's let's, my goal for tomorrow. No, let's, let's pledge that every time one of us buggers it up, it's a $5 donation yeah. to uh, a charity. Bush, bushfire. Yeah, bushfire appeals. Yeah. Fantastic. We'll do that. Um, thanks for listening, folks. AO Radio from midday tomorrow. Uh, there'll be a special final round uh, inside the ropes, wrapping it up tomorrow night. A couple of us will be on a plane out of here at about 7 o'clock, so we won't be part of that podcast. Oh. But so you get, so you, get, oh. you get Yender Andy's ale, and then you bugger <laughs> off before the final podcast. There's Good plenty God. of others around here. Unbelievable. There's a cast of thousands who can do it for you, so make sure you're listening. Thanks for being part of it today, folks. Bye for now.